0: For those tough wake ups. Stats are misleading. It's Marsh and Mello. Major Foul. Wake up to Serious Sports Talk. He fist is it! It's Marsh. The CFL, baby,
1: and Mellow. I love Canada. It's Marsh and Mellow. This is football! For those tough wake-ups.
0: They're heating up! It's
1: Marsh and Mellow. Coming your way, Hamilton. Wake up to Serious Sports Talk. Gas tank
0: gonna be full! It's Marsh. In Canada. And Mellow. why not, eh? It's Marsh and Mellow. Thank you, Canada.
1: Everybody's doing it. You know what everybody's doing? Getting vaccinated. Welcome to Marsh and Mellow right here on Canadian Football Perspective. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can always check us out at CF Perspective, of course, is where you can get all of the stuff that we're doing around Canadian football. Having lots of fun with that. And don't forget, at Marsh and Mellow, which uh, strangely came to life today as we're taping this, of course, on Thursday, May 27th, Kyle Mello, when people from the Marshall Thundering herd saw the schedule came out and they're like, hey, we need to know when you guys are coming down to a game. I was like, hey, m- maybe open the border. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe that's what we got to have before we do anything else, because I feel like it, people in America at this point have basically just forgotten that there's restrictions whatsoever uh, in a lot of different places. But uh, looking forward to doing that. And you know what type of whistle they blow down there in the Mac down there at Marshall, uh, down there in Huntington West. It's a Fox 40, of course, because Fox 40 is everywhere. And they, of course, are the presenting sponsor of Canadian Football Perspective Podcasts. For 15% off all your return-to-play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15. And if you like having promotional codes in your life to save yourself some money, because as Jack Armstrong once said, if it's free, it's me. Saga City Brewing, our good friends, of course, offering brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. I saw somebody tweeting out this week they ordered it 30 hours later. It was on their doorstop on the <laughs> other other side of Ontario from Gravenhurst. I'm like, "Damn, that is efficient." But you can visit their website, saulacitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more, and of course that promo code is CFP to get you free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Got to be of legal drinking age if you're listening to this podcast. You are—you're uh, of legal drinking age, so thank you for tuning in. As we say off the top, Kyle, I got my vaccine. I'm like you; I got my first dose all done. How you feeling? Wonderful. It's weird. Uh, I, <laughs> I thought—I thought that I would have something. I thought that I would just like a sniffle, a muscle soreness. My joints might get tight. I'm like, no. If I wasn't stuck doing work basically all day, I probably could have gone for a 10k jog and felt completely fine at this point. Again, knock on wood. Hope that nothing changes in that respect, but it was uh, it was illuminating to get it done. The weirdest part was that I didn't even feel the needle go in and the push of the thumb into the actual like syringe or whatever you want to call it, that puts the the actual uh, vaccine into your bod. It was so quick. It was like, yeah, poke, push done. And she pulled it out. And I was like, I actually thought for a second that she was I don't know why I thought this. I thought she was testing to see how tough my skin was by poking me with like, like a little tiny skewer or like a toothpick (laughs) because because I didn't feel it was so tiny. And the last one that I got was a tetanus shot. And I hear those are larger than a lot of others. So yeah, maybe my, my scale of comparison was, uh, was affected by the fact that I had a large one recently, but it was, it was nothing, man. And, And I got a funny story as well about how this all shook out because a lot of people were very privileged in Canada, right? You know, this about, we complained at the start how are we falling this far behind? And it was a bit strange. And now you're seeing the numbers and it's like, man, we are way up there with the best on the planet, even though we don't have the production in house for this stuff. And so we end up getting our numbers way up and yet, people still when you have privilege or when you are very fortunate, you kind of, you have to look at the big picture, right? So I am, I got my shot in St. Catharines, uh, and it was, uh, I forget Philip I'm going to say Seymour Hoffman Arena, I believe, in, in St. Catharines, uh, which I think is where the Niagara Spears played, by the way. But anyways, I went down there and I pull up and I get there like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to have my appointment. And there are two lines. And one of them is like almost wrapped around the entire hockey arena in St. Catharines. And I pull up, I go, you've got to be kidding me. What the <laughs> What the hell is this? Like I worked early in the morning, I hopped in the car, took my son, my fiance, we drove down there, you know, beating traffic and all the rest. And I had some other errands to run and, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's take care of this. And we get there. And then I see this long ass line and I'm like, what is this? So I hop out, put my mask on, go stand in the line, you know, socially distance from everybody else. And everybody that comes up behind me is asking, is this the right line? Is this, I'm like, I have no idea. Everybody in front of me turns around. They're like, we're not sure either. We're not. And so uh, <laughs> we're waiting there for about 10 minutes. And a woman wearing a security guard uniform walks over and yells to a crowd of a couple hundred people that are all in this single file line that's wrapping around the building. If your appointment is for 910, you can stay in this line. We're a couple minutes behind. This is for 910. I was a 920. So I'm like, well, where the hell am I supposed to? She goes, if you're a 920, you're on the other side of the building. So there's no labeling anywhere. It's just like, (laughs) it was word of mouth that we were able. So I'm going, wow. Yeah. Classic disorganization. And then I start going, man, it's gotta be difficult to vaccinate an entire planet. And this just feels like the microcosm of that in a very small situation where I'm going, there's, there seems like a lack of organization here, but at the same time, my you know uh, myopic opinion of privilege and living in Canada and I should be getting these things because we're a developed society and I end up walking to the other side of the building I was inside in five minutes I was inside in five minutes we go through the line it moves super quickly we got inside the the process of scan your your health card and then go see somebody and tell them a couple of little tidbits about yourself they say go see that person over there perfect okay, go over to number 15. Perfect. Sit down. They ask you two more questions. Boom. Needle. They say, go sit in a chair for 15 minutes. You're done. Walk out of the building. They give you a receipt. They say, see you in September for your second shot. I was like, wow, man, that is crazy how well organized that was once I got inside the building. But it was a funny experience for me to kind of look at, as I say, the big picture of, I wonder how slow this is going to be and how, all, cause you see on social media, right? All these horror stories of like woman injected with air or seven people injected with saline solution in collingwood or just just weird stories (laughs) of things that have gone wrong you're like well this is just going to be another one of those stories isn't it and then you realize for every bad story you hear about this stuff there are thousands of people like me who just go in get your shot you're fine you move on with
0: your day yeah um It was interesting when that saline story came out, and everybody's like, See the vaccine? They don't, you don't even know what's getting put in your body. I'm like, Oh, and then I read articles of uh, dentists saying, um, hey, the stuff that we uh, put to freeze your mouth uh, yeah. it has saline in it, and actually, way more saline than was injected in you in the vaccine. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> That's so good. I, right? I know it's
1: funny about it too, man. Is that I think whenever I hear of people waiting to hear a result and then jumping on it and being like, "See, I was right." I think about yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement, where you know you have an entire summer, this uprising of, "Listen, can we just treat all people?" Like they're equal because they should be treated equally. Yeah. And the first time that somebody goes out and commits a crime and they happen to be black, immediately everybody comes out of the woodwork that has a certain opinion or a certain yeah. stance on life. And they go, see, we were right. That's why the police oh. handled them that way. It's like, what? What do you know? Yeah. You can't play the result on that stuff, which is the same thing people are doing with everything happening around the vaccines. As the second one vaccine goes wrong. Anybody who's a crazy anti or anti-mask, otherwise they're like, see, you're all going to die. It's like, mm, yeah, no, it's one person. And I was in a, in a, a hockey rink in St. Catharines today with probably a thousand people. And I didn't even hear somebody go, ouch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's actually very topical, especially what happened this week in the NBA with that fan chucking popcorn at mm-hmm. uh, Russell Westbrook. And it's like, now I hear all, you know, these talk shows, first take. Um, undisputed, you're all talking about what does the NBA need to do to protect players from fans? Look, I'm all for doing whatever you want, but what's the percentage of jackasses that live in our world? Is it one percent? Because if it's one percent in a crowd of 20,000, it's a lot of jackasses. Yeah, hate to tell you, can you ban all the jackasses? Well, yeah, you can do it after the fact. Can you do it before the fact? No, because you have no idea. There's no
1: preemptive rapid. And add alcohol into that. The (laughs) jackass percentage all of a sudden goes up exponentially. Yeah, yeah. I (laughs) would say that it it doubles or quadruples. I would say once you add a couple of beers or something else. So, like, this
0: isn't a thing. This is jackasses in a crowd of 20,000 being a jackass. I hate to tell you, this isn't a regular thing. If it's for NBA players, I'm sorry. It's just one of the things you deal with when you play in front of, oh, 20,000 people a night, there's going to be jackasses. If you take that 20,000 and you times it by 82 regular season games, we're talking about millions of people. And if 1% are jackasses, That's a lot of people that you're going to have to deal with. I hate to tell you, but it's not a regular thing. We blow it up. Yeah. Just to your your point about, you know, the vaccine and, you know, all these anti-vaxxers. It's like, that's not, uh, it's social media too, right? Social media isn't a good representation of reality and people's viewpoints of that. It's like, if you're searching for that negative response on Twitter, you're going to find it and you're going to find loads of it. But when yeah. you take that into the full percentage of society, it's such a minute, small percentage. Why do we waste time on it? Like, why would we waste time on this idiot that rolled popcorn down the ramp into Russell Westbrook's face? Like, come on.
1: Yeah, or the dude that uh, that spit at Trey Young. And I love Trey Young tweeting back and saying, wow, that's crazy. 50 cent, you okay? Because 50 was sitting right in front of where the spit went. I'm like, yeah, I honestly would not ever try to spit on anyone or anything in my life in general. But I especially wouldn't try to spit on something where 50 cent was between me and the thing I wanted to spit on or 50 cent security. If you if you <laughs> miss with that spit, you've just spit on a man who released songs and albums about getting shot in the face and surviving. That's yeah. a ba- that's a bad career move. That's not going to end well for you if you spit on 50 cent. Nobody's talking about the risk that person that maybe it makes them braver instead of dumb. I don't know. But uh, the thing that I laugh at with you saying, you know, the the idiots in the stands, and I was just thinking about the way that we have dealt with sports in the last year and a half, which again, I'm thinking big picture because I'm very thankful to have my vaccine, uh, my first dose as of today. And I was just thinking, we are so used to now the things you have to do to go anywhere in public whether it's waiting in a line depending on where you live in this province this country or if it's uh getting scanned i mean every morning when i go into my part-time job right now i'm getting my temperature scanned we need to develop a jackass scan <laughs> like, <laughs> like when somebody's going into a game because you're talking about like you can't preemptively kick them out for life because you no. don't know they're a jackass which i'm thinking man it, i mean hey bezos Amazon, if you guys can create a jackass scan, you you can make a lot of money on that. Not that you need any of that, Amazon, but you can create a lot of money. There's a revenue stream there for bad people not being allowed into events who are going to do bad things, and you scan, and you pick them out ahead of time.
0: Yeah. I think there's more good in the world than bad, and it's up to us to start surrounding ourselves with more good than bad, um, and not letting social media and the jackasses take the... Uh, majority of the headlines when it comes to games, right? Like last night, obviously that, uh, or Wednesday night, that event happens where the guy spits over 50 cent shoulder onto Trey Young and I think hit 50 cents girlfriend or wife. I don't know. Um, Because you can see her react like, what the hell was that? Um, But, you know, that situation happens and it takes away the headlines of what it needed to be. The New York Knicks won a playoff game. Can we all talk about that? The organization that seemed destined for another 50 years of ineptness won a playoff game after a bad performance in game one, right? And for the first half of uh, game two, pretty bad. But they found a way to win a game. And New York City is so excited again about Knicks basketball. And maybe they were a little bit earlier they're on. They're the worst, season. though, man. And I don't even know. I know, a, but I MSG have... was packed. Like, that's I... <laughs> what the headline should be. No, it's this jackass spitting on Trey Young. Yeah. The one guy in the 20,000 stole the headlines.
1: I don't have a reason to dislike Nick's basketball, but I dislike Nick's basketball. I'm with and, you. <laughs> and, and, and the reason I dislike Nick's basketball is they win one playoff game and they're running through the streets and climbing <laughs> on street poles. I'm like, and again, I'm not throwing stones from a glass house here. Wait where a it's, second. Like, it's like, where well, my team won the championship in 2019. Yeah, therefore, that's... I'm no longer excited by a singular <laughs> win. I would be excited by a singular win. However, if Raptors fans were to go crawling over the top of each other in the streets after a single <laughs> playoff win, I don't even care, 2005, 2006, when Vince was there, 98, 99, 2000, if they were to do that, I would also hate Raptors fans for doing that. So I saw that from Knicks fans. I'm like, Get a grip, guys. yeah, ready to hit the links, but the course isn't ready for you yet, Marshall Ferguson here for Force to Joni. I've got the solution for you. Get your golf game in shape before the season begins by booking the Force to Joni Trackman Golf Simulators. They are world class. They've got new daily drink deals and a spring summer menu coming just in time. For patio season, just around the corner. They're located at 1070 Stone Church Road East here in Hamilton. For information, info at Forstajoni.ca. They are open for takeo daily. Give them a call, 905 381 9850. And of course, you can follow along on Instagram at four. That's F O R E. That's to Joni, S D A G I O N E.
0: Okay, but also, again, there was a time not that long ago. We're Raptors fans did get excited for a series win. We're like, holy crap, we won a series for the first time since Latrell Sprewell was playing yeah. for the Knicks. Like, that's crazy. And then, well, the Buffalo Bills win a playoff game. Holy crap, we beat old man Philip Rivers and the Colts. Doesn't oh, matter? Yeah. Not really. And then we won another one. And it's like, okay, I see where the excitement level can come when you're kind of spit in the face. Again, (laughs) it's a bad metaphor (laughs) when you're spit in the face by the organizations for so damn long and the Knicks can't do anything right. And they finally win a game. you are going to be excited, right? And maybe you have to control your excitement, especially when it wasn't even to take the series lead. It was to even the series. Um, But again, only time will tell. Um, But yeah, I just want people to start focusing more on the positives and not focusing so much on the negatives. And I think COVID has (laughs) kind of expedited that, where it's like, okay, yeah, negative. This is negative, negative. It's like, no, no, there's our positives. (laughs) We'll get to the positives.
1: And the big positive of this episode of Marshmallow today is going to be what's happening around the country, uh, basically outside of Manitoba, but specifically with the CFL, the momentum behind things like Uh, Bill C218 that we were talking about last week, all the things around sports gambling, how that looks almost like it's a lock to pass right now. with the The way that training camps are being set up. We're getting dates. We're seeing statements coming out from owners and players. And there's this concrete momentum going forward. There's these Farhan Lalji clips from when he was on the sports cage with DT the other day in Saskatchewan, where he's saying like, listen, I've, I've talked to people around the league and they are so energized by this. We'll get to all that. That's all the positives but can I be grumpy on one more thing for just a second? You're wearing a Leafs Jersey and, and I've got two things that I just want to get off my chest here from the broad scope of things from the week, because I mean, when we're only doing one show a week here, we're missing out on the Monaco reaction and we're missing out on the PGA championship and Mickelson craziness from last weekend and all (laughs) the rest. But the one thing that's two things have stuck with me with the Leafs for the last week. One is Leafs fans puffing out their chest because they're about to beat the Habs in the playoffs. I'm like, That's good. Proud of you guys. Also, you should like that. uh, (laughs) And and you should beat the Habs in the playoffs. So the idea that Leafs fans are about all the flags are about to show up on the cars because they're going to win a series. People are going to go, this is it. This is fine. This is it. And it's like you're playing against people you don't usually play against. You should be better than the Habs. You were better than the Habs in the regular season. You should beat the Habs. And then they're going to beat the Habs. And Leafs fans are going to puff out their chest and say, well, look at us, and we're pretty nice, aren't we? It's like you're not playing Tampa, right? You're not playing uh, Boston, you're not playing uh, Washington or the Islanders or none of that yet. And it's gonna be a real reality check when these fans put all the flags on the cars for the 40th year in a row and then have to play one of the actual good teams after they get out of the North Division. <laughs> and when they do that, that's when it's gonna be like, oh, right, that's yeah, might be no, I might be wrong on this, they might be crazy going to run win the cup, have stars, Nylanders going crazy, all the rest. But when I see the way this is trending and I've seen enough of Leafs hockey over the last five years in this group to go, eh, I think that's how it's going to trend. And I that so that's just the first thing that I wanted to get. The second thing here is, and I don't know if other people had this reaction and this, this is a classic conversation you and I had many times on radio. I saw the clip that Chris Johnson from Sportsnet put out of John Tavares back on the ice skating. And my timeline was filled with people saying, oh my God, that's, oh, I'm so happy for him. That's the best. This is miraculous. This is incredible. And it was like, everybody was happy, 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 happy. And in my mind, as somebody who's had concussions before, it went to, I felt almost sick to my stomach because I'm like, I trust that the doctors for the Leafs know what they're doing. I trust that they're not forcing him back. But regardless of all the clearances he would have to get, there's still a part of me that feels if they weren't in the playoffs, that dude wouldn't be on skates for another month. Like, I don't care what anybody says about his recovery from that hellacious hit. If he did not have hockey to play, he would not be playing hockey because your brain cannot recover from folding your knees and your ankles underneath of you because you have no idea where your foot is supposed to connect to your skate to the ground. You can't go from that into being on the ice coherent fully healed i mean the brain takes time man and it just yeah i saw him on the ice i saw everyone celebrating it and i'm like i didn't want to tweet it out because i didn't feel like getting the the crappy twitter backlash of oh i can't just be happy for the guy i am happy for him he was fully healthy if i'm wrong on this congratulations that's amazing that's going to be an incredible story but i just don't believe he's there like i don't believe he should need to be on skates i don't think he needs to be on the ice and that was, uh, that was a little scary to me to see him back out there starting to push towards getting back into game action so sh- soon after what was terrifying for so many people yeah. watching. And it doesn't matter if you've had a concussion or not. That's how you that's how you experienced that moment was just going, my God, John Tavares has no idea where he is right now and he has to be carried off the ice.
0: So I don't know how to feel
1: about it, honestly.
0: Okay, I think it's important to state that there was a concussion injury. There was also a knee injury, Mm -hmm. right? And if John Tavares said to the doctors, is there any way I'm going to be able to return this postseason? Let's say the Leafs make it to the conference finals. And they're like, okay, John, maybe three weeks, three to five weeks, you could see ice time again. Okay, what do I have to do to get to that point? Well, John, you have a concussion. You also have a knee injury. We can't let you just sit around and not skate because it's going to get worse or it's going to take longer to heal the knee, you know, than obviously just sitting. So John Tavares is like, is there any way I can just go on the ice? And let's also state that he wasn't practicing with the team. Right. Right. It was him and Nick Felino just passing the puck back and forth. And if it's a non-contact thing, well, I don't see a problem with him, you know, skating. Um, maybe it is to just work out that knee and Felino too, as well he's injured. Uh, I think it was a lower body injury. So he's dealing with, you know, uh, trying to get over that problem as well. So he can get back on the ice. And I think the Leafs need those guys, not necessarily John Tavares, because I don't think you want to force him back um, in that series against Winnipeg if the Leafs get this done. And again, we're recording on Thursday before the game before puck drop. Um, I think they'll need Foligno in the lineup to get over the Jets just because I think the body type of Felino matches up well with a bigger, more powerful Jets lineup than Montreal. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, um, I think we have to take all precautions when it comes to you know a commodity in in John Suarez. You don't want to see John Suarez have a Steven Stamkos type injury, right? Where he returns uh, too early and all of a sudden now it's a lingering thing for you know the rest of time. Remember when Sidney Crosby uh, got okay. injured for the Pittsburgh Penguins and he had a concussion? He returned and then he left again. And the second time he left, it was for a long period of time because the Penguins realized, oh, this isn't about the next calendar year. This is about the next five to 10 years with Sidney Crosby because we believe he's the face of the league and he he can be the face of our franchise. What has Sidney Crosby done since? He's won two Stanley Cups. Like that's what rest when it comes to head injuries can do. It can allow a player to not deal with that problem again and as far as I know Sidney Crosby has never dealt with another concussion since then um and I think that's important to stay so for for John Tavares obviously it was uh it was a scary situation um you know when he was down on the ice it was like oh boy this is not good and then when the tra- I don't know what the and again I don't want to question medical professionals I don't know what the trainer was doing on why he tried to lift up John what? Tavares so And then he fell backwards on his knees and I was like, oh, this isn't good. That was so frustrating
1: to me because I, again, I'm not an expert in this stuff either, but I've been around enough football to know that when a guy gets a severe concussion, like I've had them down, I've had friends who have gotten knocked out cold on a football field. The first thing they do is immobilize the neck because you don't know if it's a neck injury or if it's a concussion or if it's both. And so the first thing they do is they immobilize it where Basically, you're securing the back of the head in the jaw and you're trying to move the head because you don't want to do any twisting whatsoever. Kevin Everett was the tight end for the Buffalo Bills. His life was saved on the football field at the Ralph because the doctor was so careful with what they did with him on the field. I was at that game as a young kid. I heard the smash of helmets on kickoff to open the second half against the Denver Broncos. And everybody in the stands went, yeah, good hit. That sounded amazing. Crack into the pads. And then we realized something was wrong. It was a 45 minute delay. And I read the Sports Illustrated story afterwards. And they said, if he would have twisted his neck in the wrong way, he would have just like snapped a vertebrae that was so delicate in that moment. If John DeVars had anything whatsoever wrong with his neck in that moment, that could have been catastrophic. That, wouldn't, that yeah. wouldn't have just been like a little anecdote on this. And it's obviously his fault for trying to get up and trying to be too proud in the moment. But it's that same headstrong bullish stubborn approach that has me believing he's back on skates right now and that's my concern is that if he did, his timeline would be so different if they weren't in the playoffs but that you're right that trainer man like he did the best that he could under the circumstances but the optics on that were horrific. Like, I was I was actually scared because I wasn't watching the game live. As you know, Kyle, I was watching the uh, Sunshine State Showdown, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers that evening. Uh, <laughs> and so, because that's where my priorities laid. Uh, But I, I was watching that and I got a text from a friend that said Tavares might be seriously injured. And I searched it out on Twitter, not to be morbid like the Toronto Sun, but I searched it out just to be, okay, how bad is this actually? And I saw it and the actual hit, I cringed but I cringed so much more at the way that that got handled on the ice. Again, difficult yeah. situation for the trainer, but that, man, it, could, it couldn't it could be worse. Like, I can't, there's not another, aside from having somebody on a stretcher like those old soccer bloopers where the person is being carried off the field and then they just drop them, <laughs> like, that's as bad as that gets in hockey. Yeah. I've never seen an instant in hockey where injured player very likely could have had his injury made so much
0: worse by the people trying to help said injured player. Do you want to touch on the uh, Toronto Sun stuff? Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I the think it's only important. yeah, the only thing I want to say about it is one, I didn't have a problem with the picture. It's a memorable picture for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, but there's fair. a lot of memorable pictures for all the wrong reasons that get put on the cover of newspapers. I had a bigger problem with the title, "The Captain Crunched." Um, don't try to be funny in that moment. But people on Twitter. And again, I don't want to be a defender of Toronto Sun Sports Department, but get a life. Going after Mike Zeisberger and Steve Simmons and uh, and Tracos, the, all the writers for the Toronto Sun and their hockey department, they didn't put that cover on the newspaper. That goes way above their heads and way they, above
1: their pay grade. Did they defend it though? Like that's yeah, they the only, defended it. Yeah, that's their employer. Yeah, but that's their like employer. You don't. You don't have to defend your employer when they make the dumbass mistake, though. You don't. That's you can be a singular entity and you don't have to come out and say I'm embarrassed. I'm resigning. I don't. People want to work were
0: attacking for these. them right? on well, that's Twitter.
1: But if you support it and you're associated with it, you're just in their minds on Twitter. And again, Twitter's not a good place to go for no. Now. But. If you are supporting it and you're part of that media entity, it looks like you're doubling down and then you're supporting it. And again, I I hate bringing back stuff to the whole Black Lives Matter incident, but it's just it's constantly on my mind these days. The idea of if you are not helping to improve the situation, you're actually hurting the situation. Yeah. Like For those guys, when they didn't come out and say, this is wrong, we shouldn't have done this. I'm ashamed of this. We'll try to be better moving forward. But the thing is, the Toronto Sun has always played on that line they've always wanted to dance that very thin between uh, challenging the status quo and just being outlandish and because they dance that line when you dance that line once in a while you're gonna end up on the wrong side of that line and they absolutely were so th- those guys that supported it or backed them up or even stayed silent on it when people knew that they were part of the hockey department
0: they're gonna get killed for it fair or unfair. yeah I get your point um but again, and we know this, right? Steve Milton has told us numerous times. Um, most writers, they don't get to pick the headline. Yeah. <laughs> right. That goes above their head. Somebody else picks the headline for their article, whether or not that headline has anything to do with their article. As we've seen in newspapers before, sometimes the headlines are just to grab people's attention. Even it might not have anything to do with the article underneath. And
1: for me, as somebody who writes for CFL.ca, and I love the people at CFL.ca, but yeah, the article title very rarely matches what I'm trying to get out yeah. in the article. And that's frustrating to me. It is because you work so hard on stuff and then it comes out and you go, well, I don't, why did they do that? That wasn't what I was writing about. <laughs> but it's impossible to know what the ethos of your... I think there's there's two conversations there. One is, what's the ethos of your argument? What's the thesis of your uh, your discussion that you're trying to cultivate? and it being interpreted wrong here for the Toronto Sun it was just let's take the instant that has everybody's attention in the headlines and let's make the headline that people will talk about and again it's it's the same old any news is is good news when you're working in media and getting attention because you know I think back to this past week where Kwame Brown is getting in a beef with the guys from the all the smoke podcast right whether it's Matt Barnes or Steven Jackson and like he's ripping them and just up and down on his social media and diving into their personal lives and talking all this like super inside smack. And everybody's making fun of Kwame Brown again for being a failure because Michael Jordan drafts him and then doesn't even want him because he gets there and immediately they know and show, Oh, he's he's going to be awful. He goes to the Lakers and he's, you know, there's 83 points or 82 points scored in Kobe's 81 point game between the two of them. Cause Kwame had a single free throw. It's like, people are ripping Kwame Brown. But I listened to a reporter this week from Sports Illustrated say, I kind of think Kwame might be enjoying being back in the news again because he hasn't been in the news in a long time. And for whatever reason, people are talking about Kwame Brown again. When the Toronto Sun puts out that headline, they're putting out that headline knowing that this is going to piss some people off. Yeah. But people are also going to be talking about the Toronto Sun during a Toronto Maple Leafs playoff run. Do you think that hurt their bottom line? Like how many people boycotted the Toronto Sun or did everybody get out their pitchforks and flames and they marched to the front of the Toronto sun and they were there protesting for 12 hours. And then the next day they came back and they read Steve Simmons call. Like that's what, that's what the play was for the Toronto sun. There was, this is not going to hurt us long-term you guys are going to be angry. You're going to be talking about us and then you're going to move on. And the Leafs are back at it for game number three coming up tomorrow night. And that's what they played and they played it correctly. Even if you don't like it, that's the gross side of the business and media is just
0: get attention. It's good for your bottom line. Yeah, and I hate that, right, that we've turned into, our industry has turned into the, you know, TMZ type model, where it's like, you know, headlines and uh, salacious stories, you know, get headlines and get clicks, and and that's the business model that we've created. Um, For the Toronto Sun, I think they're, in a way, not any, you know, dissimilar from other publications where You know like you said they they tow that line and sometimes they cross that line and piss people off they're not the only publication to do that they're maybe in toronto the publication that pushes that line a little bit more yes so it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see how you know the next toronto sun you know sports headline that goes away um it's like okay this is why we're mad now
1: ski wee wee I wonder if it's like Vladdy gets caught with a stripper or something. And the Toronto, <laughs> like, like what's the like what's the headline that the Toronto Sun goes with next? Like, who's the next star that they can tear? Oh down? no,
0: let's stick with that. Vladdy at the strip club. Oh, the day before a playoff game. Yes, um, yes. Or like, uh, it, it
1: took, takes a trip down to Miami and and uh, gets involved in an altercation at a Miami uh, establishment. Is Vladdy
0: senior still with him <laughs> in the strip club because then it'll say runs in the family or I don't know something <laughs> stupid like
1: that. <laughs> uh, maybe it'd be like Vlad gone wild, something like. That that on the front yeah. page and we'll all just be like nobody asked for this Toronto son we weren't this one interesting. <laughs> uh when we come back on the other side we're going to get to uh, actual CFL football news for you here. Lots of other stuff happening so I'm not mad at uh, bouncing around on all that Tavares and leaf stuff cuz it is super interesting but we're going to talk when we come back on the other side about uh the CFL and the return to play and an interesting clip from Jamie Elizondo of the uh, EE football team. EE 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 Uh, because they're talking about what it's going to look like once we get back for training camp and how that will actually be structured. Thanks for tuning in, as always, here on Marsh & Mellow. Need help with your golf game? Having issues getting off the tee? Slicing the ball to the left? How about the right? How about the left and the right uncontrollably, like myself? Marshall Ferguson here for offthetea.ca. Let them help you with your swing. While understanding the joys of golf, contact Carlo Macaluso at 905-807-4363, and he'll help you with your game today so you can improve on your game tomorrow. What a shot!
0: Wake up to serious sports talk.
1: Kyle Mello joins us now. Kyle, uh, the Ticats could be forgiven for
0: overlooking tonight's game. Weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. So Jeremiah Masoli has talked about it all week, about the fact that they didn't start well. They needed to change that. Jeremiah wasn't also uh, happy with the, excuse me, happy with the three. Sorry, give me a sec.
1: Sure, absolutely. Welcome back. It is Marsh and right here for you. I uh, I have uh, clips. here. I was trying to isolate just that because it's my favorite noise that's ever come out of your mouth, Kyle. (laughs) Is you going? (laughs) Jeremiah Masoli has talked about. "Eh," We just you run out of oxygen. It was coming. (laughs) I have things labeled here. Mellow cough one. Oh oh yeah, it is. Wow, it actually is the clips that I was looking for. Here we go. Okay, so that's the.
0: that was the warning shot it's
1: like you getting into a fight <laughs> with yourself just close your eyes everybody out there and imagine mellow just taking punches to the gut from himself oh no that's wrong I could do that forever. That just makes me happy. Uh, all right. Let's That's get like getting this. hit in the nut shot. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, uh. I, I'm to, uh, <laughs> uh, just...
0: Super juicy sports.
1: <laughs> I have so many good clips of you. I don't know why I isolated some of these <laughs> things. You saying super juicy sports apparently is in here. Uh, this is this one's labeled uh, Marsh Jurassic Park Philosophy. Hey, you came here for the dinosaurs? Well, guess what? We've got them. <laughs> <laughs> why did I why did I say that? <laughs> Jurassic Park philosophy. Hey, you came here for the dinosaurs? Well, guess what we've got them. Uh, mellow pantless
0: job interviews? I did. I did multiple job interviews with no pants on. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) give me a sec sure absolutely uh i have we need to just play
1: more of these Uh, marsh dance clown dance monkey dance clown (laughs) dance monkey (laughs) i don't what did i used to do on radio We finished the show and i clipped like little things that made no sense and then uh eh, at least we have them in the itunes now uh let's get into a little bit here on the canadian football league the return to play it sounds really positive man it really does the last i would say since we did our last show it sounded more positive than I can remember at any point since the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, Bob Young honestly deserves a lot of the credit for that, for being front-facing, even if you disagree with the fact that he's saying, you know, we are making – because there was this whole interaction that happened on social media where there was an insider who came out in the Three Down Nation article that's the anonymous comments on whatever, and they said, you see Bob Young coming out and being so brash that they're going to play? That's Young and the Ticats organization being tired – of other people in the CFL not wanting to play and chief amongst them, everybody says is the MLSC led Toronto Argonauts and the Montreal Alouettes who have the new ownership group who obviously they don't want to lose more money than they're already going to. So you can see where the, uh, the motivation would come from for those two teams in the East to not want to play. Plus they know the Ticats are better than them this year. Like the roster is better. The Ticats are probably going to win the East, which is probably why they don't want to play this year because they know they're not going to win the East. Uh, But regardless of that, the quote comes out, this anonymous person says, that's why Bob Young is lashing out. And Bob Young said, no, we're doing it in response to the uh, pessimistic or negative media comments. And then Arash Madani gets involved and he says, oh, it's the media's fault that you didn't play last year, I bet then, too. Oh, did the media report the 2019 Grey Cup final properly, Bob? Like, he just randomly went after Bob Young for criticizing the media. So if you're on rash's side with that stuff, because you think that he attacked the media unnecessarily, sure, whatever. If you're on Bob Young's side because you think the media has been unfair to the return of playing the CFL, sure, whatever. I don't really care. The point I'm making here is how many other owners are on social media actively saying, we're playing football in 2021. And it totally matches with what Scott Mitchell, the CEO of the Ticats and Forge FC said months ago, where Scott Mitchell came out and made this statement of, We will play football in 2021. As we were in the middle of a third wave, he came out and made that statement. And when he did, I went, whoa, man, Scott Mitchell doesn't say that unless he knows that. And he was obviously backed and given that confidence, not just by his own understanding of the situation, but by the fact that he's got an owner and the caretaker who is saying to him, we're playing, we are absolutely playing. So I don't think it's just the TICATS cats that should be given credit for this. There's a lot of other factors, but there's no team being out in front of this as much as the Hamilton Tiger Cats right now. And Bob Young and Scott Mitchell deserve credit for giving fans hope. And there was a small part of me, and when I saw the initial kind of brash, we are playing, we are playing, I was like, what if this is just one of those weird ticketing plays where you say we're playing because we're hosting the Great Cup, buy your Great Cup tickets now, and if we don't play the Great Cup, we'll give you your money back minus the deposit. Like, I didn't, know, I didn't know if it was going to be one of those. So I was a little sketched out by it. But now I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing the cases drop. I'm seeing the vaccination numbers. And I'm going, no, I think they said that because they knew. Like, they saw what was coming. And I think that it's, uh, it's worth applauding the fact that they're actually out in front of it. Because how many people have been out in front of this across the CFL landscape telling
0: fans, get ready, we're playing? Yeah. And it's weird because some of the doubt from CFL fans on whether or not the season is going to get off the ground or certain members in the media. And like you said, Maple Leaf sports and entertainment and the Toronto Argonauts, at least that would, that's what it feels like yeah. that they're pushing against this and they're pro merger or whatever the case may be with the XFL. I think it's up to Randy Ambrosi, And again, this is a slippery slope for him to walk down to kind of piss off owners now. Right. Maple Leaf sports and entertainment, make them be on an Island In terms of pro XFL merger, or unless you're in that camp as well, and you want to partner with the XFL because you think the CFL is that desperate enough to go down that road and you need to tell fans, Hey, we're getting off the ground. We're having a season and anybody that's not on board. Fine. You don't have to play right XFL. You want to merge with uh, football teams in Canada. You can merge with the weakest team in our country. And that's the Toronto Argonauts from a business you know, standpoint. And obviously the Montreal Alouettes, maybe BC Lions. Um, but the Toronto Argonauts, when people have power rankings of business models for teams, Toronto's probably eighth or ninth on everybody's power ranking. So that's where I'm coming at it from. It's time to start putting pressure on people that don't want to be involved with the CFL. If you don't want to be involved, move on. Sell, you know, your stake in the in the in the league and stake in that team for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Realize where their business is right now. The Toronto Raptors didn't make the playoffs. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they look like they're about to go on a run in the playoffs, and they can't cash in on that because no fans are allowed in the building. They can't even have Maple Leaf Square open, right? Like they can't make any money off of that. And you look at Toronto FC. Oh, well, they're not playing in Canada either. The only team in Toronto that's making money right now, and I'm talking about attendance money, is Rogers and the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are making money down in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. They're still charging money for people to go to those games. Well, when are, I don't are they know moving money to that is when are Art? they
1: going to, when are they going to Buffalo? Because I saw uh, them I think get, in a month. I saw them getting it ready and I had no idea what the timeline has been.
0: Well, the state of New York is ready to go. You see the New York Knicks at MSG, they have a packed arena. The Buffalo Bills have joined 29 other NFL teams to say, hey, we're going to have full stadiums in September for NFL season. I think there's only two teams, the Broncos and the Colts, that have said, whoa, 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 let's wait on the full stadiums. Like they're not, you know, they're not going to jump on board and announce it just yet. Um, But North America, we're ready to go. And for you know the cfl as well i'm gonna be really pissed off if we're in august and we're not allowed at least 50 percent capacity in the stadium like personal disclosure i want to watch the buffalo bills sorry i just think that it stepped all over your toes there kyle no no it's okay uh cuomo is uh he's in uh he's in some hot water so he's been in hot water for a while and now uh he's about to go into a a New York uh, governor race again. So, is he still the governor after everything that came out about that? Uh yeah, he's still the governor. He is not stepping down. That dude is you got to realize his father was the governor. He feels like that seat was made for him. And he, you know, a couple allegations as horrible as they are, they're not going to push him off of that. Like they're going to have to beat him in the polls. Even if there somebody had a video of him, you know, doing something nefarious, uh he would rerun For governor even if he had to do it as an independent and he will go out on his sword and try to and have to lose an election for him to lose that seat yes i do want to watch the bills there you go Uh,
1: all right let's get into this clip that i promised (laughs) you from jamie elizondo the head coach of the ee football team Uh, i love this because i've been thinking about it recently like what are we going to end up seeing when it comes to training camps because i don't really know what to expect at this point i do know that it's going to be weird as hell for those guys around the league to get ready but what is the approach going to be it's Morley scott from 630 ched with jamie elizondo here for you uh, an official date for it yet but we know it's coming how are you going to treat training camp this year i know coaches uh they plan almost down to the minute for training camp especially for on the field activities this is going to be a different training camp because you're going to have a bunch of players who haven't played football in a long time. And not only have they not played football, they haven't been able to work out properly either because of the pandemic. How much are you changing things because of that? Yeah, great question, Morley. And you know, I think we're, we're going to see a couple of different scenarios with players. I think there's really three scenarios in terms of players. Some players are going to come in in great shape, feeling the best that they've ever felt in their careers just because of the time off. There's gonna be some players that don't come in in the shape that you'd expect them to football wise. Uh, and then the third one is really the challenge that's gonna be the, the biggest one is, and you hit the nail on the head, you cannot recreate football speed in your training, right? The sudden change of direction. You can, You. Can, it's different when the body knows when it's gonna do something, when it's gonna transition, than when it reacts in that transition. So the challenge for us is gonna be seeing how many soft tissue injuries we get, um, you know, uh, based on the fact that guys haven't played for a year and a half The second so that clip i found super interesting kyle because he's talking about soft tissue injuries and trying to get your body to react to being in football shape when you've been away from it for longer than a lot of these guys have been in their adult lives and my thinking on that immediately was Well, usually a CFL training camp, we blame it for being too short, and that's why we don't end up having anybody get actual action and get themselves ready for the season. And then we have a couple of weird injuries to start off the year in the CFL because nobody gets real live reps in the preseason that matters. Then I started looking at the actual dates, and reportedly it's a July 10 start date of training camp, wrapping on July 31st. So now we're going from what has previously been a week and a couple of days of preseason with two games jammed in there with six or seven days on the field for practicing and getting all the systems installed we're going from that to a 21 day training camp and that's a good thing because that means guys are going to have time to reacclimate themselves and get used to being in football shape but my first thought my main thought was how many hamstrings how many calves how many groins how many shoulders how many pulled chest muscles. how many, I just started thinking about all the soft tissue stuff because training camp is a grind at any point in your career, whether it's 10 days or if it's 21. But when you go from what guys are used to in the CFL with the short training camps, and you barely play in the preseason to 21 days, that camp, that length after this weight, I really think it's going to be a bloodbath. I, I just feel like there's going to be so many guys who are going to get dinged. And I'm not saying that they should shut it down and keep the camp shorter because then we're just going to go the other way, right? Like we talked off the top, we would just play the result and we would say, well, it's too short. They're going to get hurt when they start the season. But the idea of weeding out the guys who aren't ready in the preseason or in the training camp that's extended before they can get to the regular season is a bit morbid. it's It's a crazy situation to throw players into after such a long time away from it
0: the fact of extended training camps for me it's a moot point it really is um what do you know and i again i'm not looking at this from a player's perspective but what does it matter if a player goes down in training camp or goes down week two of the cfl season yeah like i don't i don't care right like uh, you're still not on the field you're still injured is it going to lead to more injuries i don't know we'll see um that remains to be seen um for me i think the extended training camp is something that maybe the CFL players need because they haven't played football in so long. And it's all these people on, you know, social media. Um, And again, I railed against social media because it's not a good representation of actual CFL fans and what they think. Um, I've already seen some people (laughs) complain about the length of the preseason or even in the NFL, length of preseason, length of training camp. It's a month in the NFL. It's a month every year. It's not for you. (laughs) I hate to tell you people this. The preseason is not for you. If you don't like preseason football, guess what? You don't have to watch. You don't have to watch a second of preseason football. It's not for you. It's for coaches. As crazy as coaches want to be in terms of, you know, uh, scouting players and who's going to make a 53-man roster, it's not for you. It's for them. hate to tell people that. It's the same thing in the NHL, too. After the John Tavares thing, they're like, why did Felino have to fight Perry? Guess what? They decided that was the way to settle it on the ice. It's not for you. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters about the two guys on the ice. <laughs> did you just the go guys to, on the ice? You just went full rock on me. It doesn't matter what you think. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and like. I love the distant fan that watches a game and says, I I don't like that. I'm going to go on Twitter and 140 characters. I'm going to, I'm going to give my opinion on this about how, uh, toxic masculinity in hockey, uh, because these guys had to fight. Guess what? They police the game themselves. It doesn't matter. Like even in, in hockey, they're like, Oh, why do we need fighting? Guess what fights still happen in the NBA? They've seen flat out fist fights in the NBA happen. Serge Ibaka, when he played for the Raptors, it seemed every month. He was chucking fists with somebody. Like it happens. It is competition. So, like back to my point about like the CFL, it's not for you. It's for the athletes there. And if the athletes don't want to be involved, tell your CB or tell your uh, your players association rep that the preseason's too long, training camp is too long and go to the negotiation table about it. I'm pretty sure the CFL is not going to die on the training camp hill where it's like, Oh, training camps need to be this long. They're, they don't care. It's for the players. It was set up for the players. And if the players think it's too long, then so be it. But fans yelling about oh, preseasons too long, or this is too long. Ridiculous. Uh, after a
1: pandemic and everything the CFL fans have waited for, will they sell out preseason football games in Probably. Like, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg and Hamilton? I just feel like people will be so excited <laughs> to go watch the live sporting event again. I was standing inside of the arena in St. Catharines. I got my vaccine and I was like, Hey, this is what the inside of a sporting arena looks like, (laughs) man. This is cool. We should come back to these more often. I'm looking forward to coming back to these things, but what was the uh, last game that you, you were at? (laughs) Want to take a second to recognize our new partners, Area 51 Sports Apparel. They have hooked us up with some beautiful hoodies and hats and polos for the summer. They're the newest player in the Canadian team sports uniform and equipment industry. Locally and minority-owned, Area 51 Sports' goal is to provide high-quality uniforms, apparel, and equipment at affordable prices. Area 51 Sports offers uniforms and equipment for all sports, at remarkable prices, check them out on Instagram at area51, that's the numbers, five, one, at area 51 at area51sport, or reach out to them via email at area 51 sports apparel at gmail.com. Oh, man. Was uh, it the great cup? Yeah, it probably would have been, because I wouldn't have gone to Leafs or Raptors in 2019, 2020, in like December, or... You know what, it was probably a Bills game, I bet, at the end of 2019. Because I usually try to go to a Bills game after the Grey Cup in December when they have a home game. Because yeah. I just I just hope for a snow game. Uh,
0: I, I went that- to the last Bills game where you were allowed fans Darnold. before the playoff game. Uh, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) against the jets and Josh Allen played the first series and then didn't play again. And it was, uh, watching Matt Barkley play football. That's a chore. I'm just going (laughs) to say that it was bad. Hey, at least, uh, Trubisky's
1: Um, in there now. So you're, you're safe,
0: but that wasn't the last sporting event I was at. It was in, uh, February, I think right before I went on vacation, I went to the top prospects game down at first Ontario center. Um, Alexis Lafreniere was, uh, was uh, playing on one of the teams. (laughs) That was the first time I was like, man, this guy's competition level is different. He was like, again, it's a prospects game, so you have something to show, but it's essentially an all-star game. And he was going around just running people into the boards. I was like, damn, <laughs> like he does." He plays for keeps. Um, but yeah, that was the last uh, event I was at.
1: That's amazing. We got to get out of here because I got to get Kyle to the Leafs game because I was working all day. <laughs> so we had to jam this recording into a short period of time. Maybe we'll do a Friday house party or something. Maybe we'll do a Saturday house party for you this week where we have more time and we can hop back on a Zoom here and hang out. But I just want to end the show with this today because Kyle did an impersonation. I don't know where it came from, but it was an impersonation voice of person on Twitter complaining about the CFL preseason. It was high pitched. It was nasally. I don't know where the impression came from, but now we have to end the show (laughs) with our favorite old bit. Mellow, you've got some splaining to do. Time now to explain
0: your tweets
1: my favorite game. I miss that music so much. All right, Mellow's got some explaining to do. Uh, here we go, May 25th. Spezza has upped his performance even more this postseason. Hashtag Leaves forever.
0: I don't know, I gotta stop using that hashtag. <laughs> Why, it's ha- beautiful. It, it's you... such a stupid... No, no, the only reason I use it is because it has the logo in it, but God, I hate that hashtag. Whoever in the MLSE PR department or marketing department that came up with that, it sucks like move on to another (laughs) just put hashtag Leafs Uh, hashtag TNL talk. That's what it used to be. It's better than the Leafs forever.
1: May 22nd. Just watch Toronto FC highlights. Omar Gonzalez is a freaking winner. Why mark the two guys behind me when I have 10,000 wide open blades of grass in front of me. Get this guy out of the club. Three exclamation marks. Hashtag TFC live. Also, Kyle went to the work here of drawing an arrow. On this picture to show you the man standing, uh, Omar Gonzalez in the
0: middle of the grass. He's so bad. This guy is a corpse on legs. <laughs> like I, I, I hate to tell you, like Omar Gonzalez needs to retire. I understand TFC's had some injuries at the beginning of the season, but I can draw up probably five goals early this season for TFC, given uh, against TFC, that it was directly Omar Gonzalez's fault. This guy's bad. Uh, Chris Armis, who just stepped into the club as manager. If you can't take this guy out of your squad, then you need to take yourself off the side. Like, I'm done with this guy already. TFC has a okay team, um, but they should be a lot better than they're playing right now. They give up too many goals, and uh, Omar Gonzalez is the direct reason for it. May 9th, Red
1: Bull really screwed this race up for Verstappen. Pit strategy was never going to work. Hashtag Spanish Grand Prix.
0: I can't even remember what happened.
1: I think they tried to uh, to react to what Lewis did, but Lewis just outfoxed them. And I I think actually what it was, was Lewis decided to come in to try to get Red Bull to respond and they didn't. Oh, yeah. And so Lewis was on fresher tires down the stretch and he just tracked down Max and passed him and went for the victory.
0: Yeah, Verstappen was on, like, tires that were, like, 39 laps old or something yeah. like that, and
1: he just had no chance against Lewis. Uh, in the last one, May 7th, do the Blue Jays have Bartolo Colon as their strength and conditioning coach? This is ridiculous. Oh my goodness.
0: Hey, George Springer, we're still waiting for you. I know you played a couple of games. What the hell? <laughs> like, uh, I don't understand the injuries that happened for the Toronto Blue Jays. Like, Hyunjin Ryu uh, is, was out of the lineup uh, with a hamstring injury, and I'm like, these guys playing baseball. Not, oh, I got tackled and my leg hyperextended this way. Playing the sport of baseball, just going out there, they get injured. Like, I I don't get it. And, and another thing with baseball that's super funny to me, anytime something happens that's not supposed to happen in baseball, somebody's hurt. Somebody has a pulled muscle. Like, somebody steps on the base wrong. Oh, well, that's it. You know, torn hamstring out for four months. And I'm yeah. like, the, I, if you rank athletes in all the sports, I don't know where baseball is. It ain't anywhere towards the top. And I know that's a generalization, but, like, this is ridiculous. The Blue Jays should be, I think, far and away the best team in the division. But injuries and lack of pitching. Hey, uh, Ross Atkins, you might want to get on that, by the way.
1: I'm a sucker for an 80s synth.
0: Listen to this thing. (laughs) Has Jeopardy named a host yet?
1: No, I would have done so much cocaine if I was alive in the 80s. That's the show for us. Thank you for being here. I mean, that music, how could you not? I mean, I don't blame everybody. It's the the thing to do at the time. Uh, All right, that is the show for us. As I say, I'm just going to label this episode cocaine. Uh but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but we will uh, maybe do a friday house party left for you over on a saturday but we are all done cuz Kyle's got to go watch his beloved maple leafs says
0: he's got himself uh, a JVR jersey what are you wearing there Kyle yeah so it's a JVR but there's no name on the back cuz JVR is uh, no longer trying to maple leaf so if anybody asked me I just say it's a Boreas Salming jersey cuz uh, uh. 21 i don't even know who wears 21 in the leafs now i'm so bad with numbers you uh. can ask me like Who's number 34 on the Leafs? I would have to think about it before I say Austin Matthews. I just, what? if I see it, I I know what player that is. I don't look at numbers. There's just like a body type that I just associate with a player. I'm just like, oh, that's Matthews. Oh, that's Marner. I don't look at the numbers. Numbers have never been a thing for me.
1: No, he would have thrown down to this music. Boreas Salming.
0: Yeah. Speaking of cocaine. What? <laughs> 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 He just played in that era, that Gila Lafleur era, right? Uh, that's the
1: show for us <sighs> at TSN underscore Marsh, at Kyle underscore Mello underscore Boris Salming did cocaine. That's uh, what you can take <laughs> away from our show today. Uh, appreciate you being here with us, and we're looking forward to uh, chatting with you again coming up next week right here on Canadian Football Perspective.